where she refers to the uh, Trump-Biden nightmare. John Nichols, the nation's national affairs correspondent, speaking to us from Wisconsin, just back from Iowa. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez for another edition of Democracy Now! Cannabis is now legal in New York for those 21 and over, but we need to be mindful of where we use it. Secondhand smoke can impact those around you. For more information, visit cannabis.ny.gov. And you are listening to radio station WUSB in Stony Brook, broadcasting at 90.1 FM and 107.3, also FM, and over the Internet at WUSB.FM. If you're driving, please be careful. The roads are icing up because it's winter. It's also just about 6 o'clock on a Tuesday, which means, once again, it's time for another episode of Off the Wall.
And a very good evening to everybody. The program is Off the Wall. Emmanuel Goldstein here with you on this Tuesday evening, joined tonight by Kyle. Also joined by Kyle, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was my line. Welcome. Welcome, yeah. Are you just going to repeat everything I'm, I say? I'm hearing you loud and clear. Okay, well, you're right across the table from me. You should be able to hear me loud and clear. I know, but in inclement weather, sometimes yeah. sometimes you have to do tests and uh, make sure things work. Okay, well, yeah, spoiler alert. It's frigid. In- inclement it's frigid. weather. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, uh, okay, you know what? Am I satisfied? No. Um, it's, yeah, there's snow on the ground. How much would you say we got, Kyle? An like inch? A half inch. Is it only a half inch? Okay, more than that. Well, Maybe like an inch. Um, New York City Central Park, they reported more than an inch. Uh, since midnight, and that's the first time they've gotten more than an inch since 2022. Yeah, over 600 days, nearly two years. I mean, wait, that doesn't add up. That doesn't add up, because there's 365 days in a year. If you times that by two, you get something like 720. Um, Okay, I'm not exactly sure about the numbers. I have to look into this a little bit more, but it is the first time since 2022. Uh, that um, there has been uh, appreciable snow. And it's not really appreciable. It's, it's, it's minimal. Okay? I appreciate the, um, uh, the thought behind it. I appreciate the fact that um, maybe there'll be a winter of some sort here. Um, I don't like the fact that it's going to get cold over the next few days and there's no snow in the forecast. All the rain we had last week, I mean, uh, planning, you know? But, okay, it's something. It's something. I will acknowledge that. And, uh, Yes, people driving, be careful, because um, first thing that happens is the roads ice up, and that's happening tonight with um, all the moisture that's there. And let's keep our fingers crossed. We, we have a decent winter. Yeah, people are being sensible, I think, and they're prepared. There's a lot of... Uh, what gave you that but, idea? But there's equipment. There's a lot of uh, things with plows, uh-huh. a lot of larger vehicles that are doing some of the maintenance, maybe even like... Uh, what we what you might call heavy equipment that right. isn't really like a car. So just be careful. Look for like those amber lights and all the telltale signs of stuff that is being you know maintained. Yeah, and you know only go out if you need to. Uh, you know, do you really have to make a trip to uh, I don't know uh, whatever store you're going to tonight, uh, or can it wait until um, it's less hazardous to drive? Uh, and even if you drive carefully, maybe the person you know coming in a different direction. Uh, isn't driving carefully. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind. Yeah, they could suddenly lose control, so beware. Mm-hmm. Or just, uh, you know, not realize that their vehicle isn't equipped for this kind of thing or that the roads aren't maybe in the best shape. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, uh, snow on the ground, ice on the roads. It's cool. I like it. Um, but weather is only one one small part of what we're talking about tonight because... Um, so much is going on. We had the, uh, finally, we had the Iowa caucus yesterday. And, you know, I just learned this. The word caucus uh, comes from Caucasian. And the reason it, it, it's called that is because pretty much only white people vote in the Iowa caucus. So I learned something yesterday on the Internet. That seems entirely made up. It was on the Internet, Kyle. I, I, I read it. <clears throat> Educate yourself. Um, so, yeah, the Iowa caucus was yesterday... Uh, and um, it pretty much turned out exactly how um, how we all thought it would turn out, right? I mean, 
you know, <laughs> Trump uh, 51%, uh, followed by DeSantis, followed by Nikki Haley. What, what were your What were your thoughts, Kyle? Well, um, I keep it clean. <laughs> I don't know what what expectations I was to have. Uh-huh. Um, it is preliminary, and well, it, if it's any indication, it's a lot like what many people have predicted, and should be some caution, I guess, if you're running against that, because mm-hmm. I I suspect there will be. Um, a lot of campaigning in these swing and and uh, important states on the campaign trail. Right. So, yeah, it's it's on. Well, it seems to be on. I don't understand it. I I, I don't get why every time our system goes to Iowa and asks all these people who should be on the ballot for a particular party's convention coming up that summer. Now, look look what's happened. Um, uh, uh, Vivek, lunatic guy, uh, whose name I can never remember. Ramaswamy. Ramaswamy. He dropped out based on getting only, what, 8% last night in in Iowa? Yeah, very low, like sub-10. Okay, so you're not popular with Iowans. Uh, How do you know you're not going to be super popular with other people in other states? Why is it that nobody else gets a say, just these people in Iowa, who tend to be rather, you know, um, uh, homogenous, shall I say, in, in, in their uh, background. You know, it's, it's, it's not exactly the most diverse state. Okay, so you have pretty much a lot of elimination going on based just on a small group of people. And we do it this way every, every time. Iowa followed by New Hampshire and... Um, Pretty much after that, it comes down to two or three people. By the time it gets to us in New York, first of all, only people who are registered to a certain party here in New York can even take part in that decision-making process. So by the time it gets to people like me, it's down to two people in both parties. And it doesn't feel very much like democracy. It doesn't feel like you're helping to whittle down a large field. The, the, The field has already been whittled down because... You're not claiming allegiance to a particular party because other states are deciding before your state. And, you know, even if you do wind up having your your um, your vote tallied up in a meaningful way, you still got that electoral college getting in the way where the popular vote could mean nothing. So I don't know. You know, I, this uh, this whole system, it's it's broken in so many ways, but it was designed that way. That's what I don't get. I don't understand the purpose behind it. And, and you know, we watched the um, the um, uh, caucus yesterday. The best way, and, and you know this, Carl, the best way to, to watch the uh, the Iowa caucus is on C-SPAN. Well, yeah, without uh, breaks and all kinds of interruptions. And they've um, a lot of really good live um, crew and camera people. Uh, those those folks are on the scene. People that otherwise would be behind the desk, as they as you know it, for Washington Journal, which is a call-in show. Those got those um, people were out in the field. They're talking to interviewing people that were um, going door to door, campaigning. Mm-hmm. All of that action um, without it, any kind of break is is a lot better than I think some of the 
commercial oh coverage by a mile. I mean, it's just it's incredible. Um, if you have not watched any of the three C-spans, there's three of them now. Um, go go look at that and just have it on while you go about your daily business. And it's enlightening in so many ways. Yeah, you could call it boring if you want, but I don't think um, um, uh, slow things that play out over the course of several hours is necessarily boring. I don't think baseball is boring. I don't know why people believe that is the case. Politics doesn't have to be boring either if um, if you watch the way that it plays out. Well, a lot of the cable channels make them these like big sensational events, and part of that is because the commercial advertising that goes on when the campaigns really sweep up. And that's why the money and the, the, the sort of competitive nature in these key places um, benefits the media, like the, the media organizations, the, the gatekeepers uh, for those, for those audience, for that audience. And so, um, so to, to an extent, like they kind of hype it more than it needs to be hyped, and and I think you can turn to alternative media to get uh, a, a sort of unvarnished and less hyped uh, perspective. Sometimes you can even just get live feeds now. A lot of these, um, a lot of these parts of government want to be transparent, or they're sharing for edu- educational purposes on their own. Uh, sites and streaming capabilities are so simple for for many now that you can kind of enjoy it without a lot of the um, bias that is inherent in sort of in traditional bigger media that is a part of the political cycle and that's all ramping up so yeah that's a great source there's many other ways to watch just what is going on and and that particular one has a lot of taped and much slower stuff that i mean yeah don't plan your life around it you you (laughs) might you might have um you might become someone you don't recognize or something i don't know you might be too informed Uh uh-huh um so anyway but it's great for live like special events Right. In the in the political cycle, amidst all this campaign money that's going into media. Well, now the thing is, um, um, I, I thought I was somewhat familiar with with the way caucuses work. I mean, we went to um, the caucus in your home state, Washington State. In fact, if you listen to the show uh, dated March twenty ninth, twenty sixteen, you will hear Kyle and myself. At, yeah, they let, let me in. I was I was not even a, a native of Washington yet. I could still observe. Uh, and, and you just hear the whole process. And it just seemed very democratic because everybody was around this big table and people were talking and people were, were uh, arguing their case and, 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 and things like that. And the Iowa, the Iowa case, uh, the Iowa caucus, that is, uh, didn't seem to be like that. Basically, you had everybody um, uh, assembled in a gym. The, the, the caucus they were showing on C-SPAN last night. Um, everyone is in a gym. And each candidate gets somebody to read a speech for about five minutes, five minutes or less, which I thought was was good, you know, a short period of time. Uh, and um, that took about uh, 20 minutes or so. They had some other uh, local politicians um, uh, read some speeches as well. And then they handed out ballots, which, you know, seemed kind of unorganized because it was pretty much handing out ballots to anybody who was in the bleachers and people had their kids with them. So I don't know how they exactly uh, made sure that people were supposed to get ballots and not, you know, too many of them. Uh, and then um, uh, people handed in their ballots and they left. 
they, they left the, the gym. There was no discussion. There was no back and forth. It was basically listen to a speech, vote, get out. I mean, what's what's so unique about that? How how is that a a, a particularly special uh, exercise in democracy? I did not see any of what I saw in, in in Washington State where people were actually engaged in conversation back and forth. Maybe that was the exception. But, you know, it was one of the bigger caucuses, and uh, I really didn't see any back and forth. Maybe the parties run their caucus separate, like in distinct ways that the other might not recognize. So they maybe go into it having already discussed it in other town halls and forum. So their delegates and and people that actually participate already have a really firm idea or it's just the way this particular um, this can uh, batch of contenders right. is for that state. Yeah. Which it's just so overwhelming that they're, they don't think to, to have any kind of air, anything of, of that. The only thing they had was formal representatives giving a can like a pre, uh, written statement and I guess, at a podium in the gym. Yeah, I guess yeah. that was the extent of the arguing. That basically, was the debate. Because, yeah. you know, when they interviewed some people later on, uh, some people said, yeah, you know, I heard what, uh, um, um, you know, basically uh, not um, uh, what Nikki Haley's person said as opposed to what, 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 what Trump's person said. And, uh, you know, she had some good points. I still voted for Trump, but I listened to, the, okay, so there was that that back and forth, that debate going on in people's heads. But what we saw in Washington, uh, that was the Democratic Party, obviously, uh, just seemed to be more uh, down to earth. It's in Washington state. It's a Democratic Party. It was a lot of younger people. So I guess, you know, that was inevitable. But in Iowa, I just thought it was nothing really special. How is it any different than you seeing a campaign commercial and filling out a ballot and dropping it uh, wherever you have to drop it and um, going about your day? You know, it just didn't seem like... It, it warranted all this attention. Yeah, I didn't really even notice, but now that you pointed out, I I guess I'm sort of used to it being distinct, and I, I should have noticed mm-hmm. in in just watching it as I was, but I didn't make I didn't want to project any of my own experiences. But I came into voting through this, like the very first presidential election was was something that. I I was anticipating, so I was a part of every step, right, right? Locally, wherever I could vote, until I actually physically went into a booth and voted. Now, and that was the last um, presidential election I voted in a booth for, like physically. Not uh, the last time you voted in a booth, and the first time you voted for for president. Yeah. What year was that? Two thousand four. Two thousand eight. Okay, so that was the Obama year. Yeah. Wow. So now you went to a caucus then before that. Much earlier. Do you remember that that caucus? Was it was it similar to the one that we went to in, in 2016? Was there a lot of back and forth and arguing and, and campaigning at that table? Uh, yeah, it was also in a in a school and mm-hmm. and the they're like sort of breakout breakaway. Sessions. I think that everyone in this case probably signed in right. as a member of that particular precinct that, that was being observed on the, the show we were watching. So it's similar in that way. So you go in and then people get to make a statement and, and people 
think about it and then vote or deliberate uh-huh. in smaller groups and then someone votes on behalf of those smaller groups for the precinct. You know, it's it's interesting to watch. I'm just not sure how meaningful it actually is. Oh, it's super meaningful. It's not just interesting to watch. You must participate if you really want to gain insight into how how much uh, the citizenry it is the process, like is a part of what it takes to put it all together. Maybe you're not affiliated with a party, so I guess you would watch, but it's it's integral to how we represent ourselves up going up from your extreme locality to the the national elections ultimately I don't so that's why the primary it's it's cool to watch that even if you're not of that party I mean I don't see the difference between the Iowa caucus and a primary it just it just seems like you're listening to people you're making a decision and that's it um you know, if it had been more like Washington, then I would say, yeah, there's there's some meaning here. There's some democracy in action. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's it's less dynamic, right? Like open. Well, I mean that that's it's an unusual cycle. Mm-hmm. So there's there's probably less. I mean, this field might have more very like more support, even support across it, uh, were it less. Um, polar or kind of uh sided right speaking of polar uh they 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 had winter there you know if we had one day like what they had in iowa yesterday i would say okay that's that's good that's that counts as as winter that one day um and and people braved the elements to turn out uh to show up at their various uh, uh caucus locations and um that in itself was was uh admirable um and um you know, I'm just looking actually at our archives here because all of our shows are online at uh, 2600.com slash off the wall. And I'm looking at um, February 2nd, uh, 2016. Uh, Kyle and Emmanuel watched the Iowa caucus on C-SPAN. Are, are we repeating ourselves? Are we doing the same thing year after year? That sounds about like right. some depressing Pink Floyd album where we just uh, can't break out? <laughs> Wow. I, okay, I got to listen to that now. I got to see what observations we have. If we totally contradict ourselves uh, eight years ago, um, that would be. Uh, what, what did we do in 2020? Did we watch the Iowa caucus on C-SPAN then? No, that, that, that's that's just it. Maybe we skipped. No, we probably we probably watched anyway, but didn't talk about it. Uh, I'm going to find out. <laughs> find out right here on on, on the air as uh, as I uh, scroll through. It's kind of depressing, but I guess it's also good. Well, that we're kind of a, a constant. Yeah. Well, what 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 would what else would we say uh-huh. if that's what was going on? It's this kind of discussion. Oh my God, we did, we did. Um, okay, <laughs> I'm looking at at um, February fourth, twenty twenty. Um, yeah, um, the disaster of vote counting after the Iowa caucus. Yeah, four years ago. They had some problems. I remember that. Uh, the inordinate amount of influence Iowa gets. Um, <laughs> we're talking about that now, too. Why, people, just listen to our old shows, because we're going to make the same points over and over again. Well, no, this is a thing with Off the Wall and Off the Hook in general. If you're an avid listener and you go back, many of the things going on politically and our con- Consumption of it, our observations of it, the conduits through which we hear about and 
and share things. They change a little bit, but many of these uh, issues come back to haunt us or to remind us over time. So that's that's something before I was ever uh, involved uh, on air at WUSB. It, it was um, something I got out of listening to a lot of the old shows. So when people go to the archives um, to check these out, it's it's uh it's incredible how many stories you'll you'll find in like in cycles you they like go back over themselves or will be reminded of it or we could be depressed the, this is like we're so predictable but i think maybe we should just call it like the traditional the 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 uh off the wall tradition caucus tradition right Look at it and Kyle points out the subtle differences between recurring historical news events over the years I think we're in some kind of twilight zone. Okay, here. give me that. Give me that computer. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Just, I'm going to take it. That computer is what's keeping no, us on the this. air. No, you don't need it. Uh, well, actually, we do need it if we're going to remain broadcasting. Right, show's over. Okay, no, no. Uh, but okay, I'm one thing. Go over here. One thing. Come back. One thing that was unique about yesterday. We were watching the vote counting. Uh, first of all, like I said, it, it seemed really informal. You know, kind of adorable the way the way they. Uh, they just have senior citizens basically oh, maybe watch, uh, counting pieces of paper and writing them down and, and counting them again. In the middle of all that, this lady comes up and says, hey, look, uh, someone found this in their coat pocket. They thought they lost it. It's a ballot. <laughs> and they're just handing in ballots willy-nilly. Um, we later follow that lady over to the, the final uh, reporting of, um, of, of the count in that particular caucus. So she calls up some kind of uh, central headquarters and puts the woman she calls on speakerphone and um, uh, basically is giving her the numbers. And at one point, the woman on the phone asks the the lady at the caucus what her phone number is. And she gives out her phone number live over C-SPAN, her cell phone number. And then for the next 10 or so minutes, she's giving the numbers to um, uh, to the lady in central command or whatever. And she comments to the guy sitting next to her, I'm getting phone calls from all over the United States. I don't understand what's going on. Well, lady, you just gave out your phone number on C-SPAN live, and your phone pretty much is no longer going to be your phone from that point. That was hilarious to watch. And I, I just wonder, uh, did she ever find out why she's getting all these phone calls? Because she did not seem to realize that she was being broadcast live. Uh, and um, and C-SPAN does not censor <laughs> Anything, not even a phone number. So that was um, that's the kind of thing you don't see on CNN. Yolo, yeah, she was just doing it, doing it big. A uh, lot of responsibility, and maybe maybe she doesn't care. She played it off. She played it off. Well, no, she, like, she had no idea why she was getting all these calls. So I, I think she I would think have cared. Ultimately, she put it together, but really just paid it no mind. Ultimately, yeah, you know, kind of said, okay, yeah, that's going to be You saw me. What, what, when, when the lady on the phone asked what your phone number is, I was, I was shouting at the TV, said, don't give out your phone number. Go into the other room. Yeah. Give it out there, for God's sake, because C-SPAN is not going to get a sense of the numbers. Uh, and now she just, um, yeah, you know, <laughs> nothing to hide. Okay, but now, uh, good luck uh, making a phone call on your phone without picking up an incoming call. Um, and, you know, the people who watch C-SPAN, I don't know if you uh, you do, Kyle, you watch Washington Journal, you see all the people who call in. Some of them are, um, uh, you, you know the door that blew out on the airplane? Their bolts are not as tight as they need to be in certain places. That's all I'm saying. All right. What, did I offend somebody? I'm sorry, all right? 
a lot of people from Long Island call that show, too, you know. Um, we can't take phone calls, unfortunately, <laughs> because we're, we're remote right now. But um, one day maybe we can hear all the complaints that I'm generating. Um, what do you think of the candidates, though? Let's say we're detached. We are detached, yes. Um, candidates, overall. Uh, you know, any, any thoughts on the ones that are still in the race? Well... And again, keep it clean. The, the performance by Haley was pretty remarkable. Just uh, poised and unapologetic and fully, mm -hmm. like, fully... Um, Engaged in the conversation there, so that that was kind of a, a sight to see. She is sharp. I will give her that. Okay, you know, all the candidates. Let's just say there's, there's three candidates: there's, there's Trump, DeSantis, and Haley. Because really, who else is there going to be at this point? Yeah. All right. You know how I feel about Trump, and no need to get into that all over again. And DeSantis, I despise DeSantis. You know, it's like stepping in dog crap on the street. Seriously, that is how I view him. Nightmares, the two of them. Haley, you know, I have to say, if I agreed with her, I would be enthusiastic. I would be. She is, if, if, if you agree with her platform, you know, um, and, and uh, a lot of things that we um, um, discuss here on this, on this program over and over again uh, from the other side. But if, if, if you're on her side on all these issues, then yes, that is the best candidate by far. No question about it. And even, you know, speaking as somebody who is so diametrically opposed to uh, positions that she takes, I think having her as president would not be a disaster. It would be very disappointing. It would be frustrating. But I wouldn't fear for the country like I would if, if uh, Trump or even DeSantis got elected, because DeSantis has some really uh, archaic views on, on, on so many things. And, um, yeah, but... Um, no, I'm just, I think her debating Trump or Biden uh -huh. is, I mean... Well, that's today. Tell, tell, tell us what you, what you mean by that. Well, I, I just think up against either of them, it would be, it would be a, a, a serious matchup. But you're saying that because today she said she's not going to debate DeSantis anymore, just Trump. I didn't know that. Well, I thought that's why you were saying. Well, what's wrong with me? What's because wrong with you me? quoted I thought we were her. Still talking you about quoted the debate her. yesterday. You, you quoted her saying she's only going to debate Trump or Biden. No, I didn't. Well, that's what you her. just said. That she's debating Trump or whatever. Point is, she's not going to be debating DeSantis. She views him as irrelevant, even though he came in second place in Iowa. So you know that's that's interesting right there. That uh, you know she's basically challenging Trump to finally show up to a debate. He's not going to, of course, having won over 50 percent of the vote in Iowa. He doesn't think he has to do any of that. He went to less um, uh, campaign events than anybody and still won handily. So he doesn't think he needs to even participate in the Democratic process, whereas Haley is trying to do that. Um, and and di differentiating her platform, her candidacy, mm -hmm. which I think is it's due because it's, I think, raising the the um the the expectations of of the electorate of what their what the conversation is going to be like and it would be nice if that meant something to the electorate they don't seem to care yeah. it doesn't matter the, what trump does they still are going to support him blindly yeah i mean we know his thing and what he'll bring mm -hmm. DeSantis looks super defensive yeah like just totally strained and and like 
I don't know, going on well, to these like riffs of of kind of tangents. Well, he's given up on New Hampshire. He's he's basically uh, skipping New Hampshire, except for maybe a, a town hall or something like that. But he's going straight to South Carolina, Nikki Haley's home state. But the thing is, he's given up on New Hampshire, but so has Nikki Haley by saying she's not going to debate uh, DeSantis anymore because there's um, a TV station up there, WMUR Channel 9, that is known for all the political uh, uh, material that they broadcast, including a debate between candidates. Well, I It's a terrific opportunity for her to get to more people in New Hampshire, a state she is going to lose to Trump, and but now she's only seven points from from catching up to him. Yeah. So not having that kind of exposure is a big mistake, I think. Oh, well, I, I don't know anything about that. And I, I, I guess, yeah, that that limits the amount of time they need, they have in front of people that will be voting and, mm -hmm. and um, having to basically decide at some point. So I want, I want more of that. I want them to talk more. I want to hear more of, of, and I think everybody is like, like that's the whole point of, of this process is them being on the trail and talking to people and, being pressed. Right, seeing how being they react. pressed by the press. How do they us. react to questions? Yes. How do they react to difficult situations? I mean, I learned a lot from seeing uh, Haley and DeSantis just debate amongst themselves last week. You know, that was one of the better debates. And, um, uh, you know, who's to say a second debate between them would not um, uh, yield something also as interesting or revealing? Totally. So Yeah, I don't think they, they should close doors to it, right. close doors at all because of... Because it it adds depth to the entire process and it shows confidence and there's just a lot of I don't see a lot of down downsides if you're strong in that area. Right. Yeah. You should never uh, um, turn down an opportunity to, um, to put and, forth your platform if you're a politician. And for that party, I see a real thirst for direction from people that are not on board with all that blind support. Right. But can she ever catch Trump? That's the question. Um, you know, it seems impossible at this point, unless something happens, uh, like um, uh, conviction. Um, you know, basically, would that even be enough? You know, the Supreme Court is going to is going to rule for Trump as far as um, uh, being able to run in the first place. Uh, whether or not they're correct, you know, he put a bunch of them there. They're going to vote for him. Uh, so um, I wouldn't count on that. I also don't know if that's the best way uh, to deal with this, because in November, Trump versus Biden, I'm pretty sure Biden will have the edge in the end. I'm pretty sure of that. However, get rid of Trump and have Haley kind of think Haley will carry the momentum. You know, she's she's young. She's uh, exciting to her base and pitted against Biden. I think polls have shown that she would actually beat him. You know, I don't think that's the right decision, but I, I, I think that probably could happen. Now, the Democrats need somebody like, like uh, Haley, and um, I'm not sure why there aren't so many potential people to, to fill that position. For some reason, um, uh, Kamala Harris is super unpopular. I still don't understand why that is, but everybody hates her. That bugs me. It bugs me a lot. It really does, because, you know, yeah, apart from her annoying laugh... Uh, you know, she doesn't laugh all that much. It's not that much to laugh at. Uh, you know, Even that's stupid. Like that's that's a dumb. It's a reason dumb reason, of to course. Not, to not. We've seen that. I I mean, people 
the whole Dean incident, you know, with uh, I never understood that exclaiming f- and and what did reacting. he do that was so wrong? I he don't said, know. Woohoo! We're gonna uh, and let's get a like, bunch of uh, states and things yeah. like that. It's like but, okay, he was happy. Okay, but the the campaign trail, like p- politics in general, is awkward. It's a weird thing. Yeah. There's like weird traditions around it. If you it, just on the surface, so what do you expect? And I don't know. I I think it's pe- like kind of. Uh, I don't know. We all have interesting laughs that at times it's just such a petty, yeah. non non relevant thing. And the point is, there's like not much to critique. So it just it's just this this like judgment. Well, look, the Republicans hate her because she's not a Republican. She's a Democrat. Uh, they hate her because she's a woman. And no, that is true. I know people are pushing back on that. But look at the at the amount of hatred. Uh, uh, focused on Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, and, and compare that to the amount of hatred focused on an equivalent male candidate. Totally. It's very, very different. When it's a well, woman, the hatred, you know, Kathy Hochul, we're seeing the same thing. Are the they hatred doing the... is just so much higher when it's a female candidate. Exactly. And are they doing the work? And that, to me, is the ultimate question. And, and like, there's other there's other considerations, like, Okay, how how inflated are these expectations? Because are we com- we are holding male uh, archetypes to people that have sort of paved the way in a lot of these areas. Like, let's recognize that for just a second. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just it it's irritating if it, to if you overthink it. But there has been tremendous accomplishment, and I think that like. Against the Haley, there's definitely uh, some some uh, considerations to make around a cabinet and like a running mate and all of that, and and what oh that's the what other the thing. Democrats are going to have to the, counter that. But it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I don't know. That just to veer off my own point for a second. Oh please, you, just, veer, you, veer you, all you reminded the way. me. You reminded me. I'm sorry. Uh, Haley could not even answer a simple question. Uh, you know, if uh, if you win the nomination, would you consider having Donald Trump as your running mate? Kyle, what is the answer to that question? It's a simple question. Nah. Hell no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Double hell no. Nah. I mean, for God's sake, why are you saying all these all these things against him and what he stands for if you would even consider having him as a running mate? I mean, for God's sake, he's... He's going to, like, poison your cappuccino, and then he'll be president, you know? Well, he'll, he'll do that, and don't think he won't. Look, that's she, the she disarray they made. She that's say, their problem. She, all she would say was, oh, I'm not going to uh, answer that question now, you know, six months before the, the, the uh, convention. It's like, no, answer that question. Look, <laughs> would, would you have, um, uh, you know, the, the head of Al-Qaeda as your running mate? Huh? You could probably say no to that. Then you can say no to this. Because if if what you're saying is actually what you believe, if if all the things against Trump that you are saying right now, then he is the last person you would want as a running mate, and you should be able to say that. And she couldn't. She couldn't say that. So any respect I had for her kind of evaporated in that moment. Well, this uh, it's think about what that what that would be saying no to, and I mean that that's a question maybe of of spine ultimately which surprised me because i thought she had spine i mean it's it's disappointing but it's not unusual in the face of this kind of strange 
political environment, there's this there's this trading in fear in that party. I, I don't get that. Why the fear? I mean, you know, what, what can this guy do to you? You know, you're either going to lose the election or you won't. Uh, what, what more can he do that makes you so afraid of him? You know, I, I think in this particular case, maybe this is some, uh, another question, another simple question that Haley has to come back from. Like, you know, what was the Civil War all about? Oh, yeah, slavery left that out. I, I came back, you know, a few days later. Meant to say slavery was, was uh, what it was all about. Maybe the same thing will happen here. It's like, oh, did you say Trump? Oh, I thought you said somebody else. No, definitely not Trump. That's, I should have said that. I don't know. Um, but the Democrats, they need somebody uh, that they can get excited about. And, and the problem, the problem with Democrats is that they they can't get on the same bus. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, you know, they share in the hatred of, of Kamala Harris as well because she used to be a prosecutor. Who knows? You know, you can find hypocrisy in anybody's background and they're eager to find the hypocrisy in her background. Say, oh, but, you know, you say you stand for this. But 30 years ago, you said that, you know, OK, good luck finding anybody that people are going to get enthused about. It's there. You're I mean, you're not at all wrong. That's that's a definite reality. And I think it's a it's a lesson to voters getting involved in party politics. You, there are certain things you have to accept and. We've the extreme case in in what is happening in the Republican camp, but mm-hmm. the 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 fact is this this kind of attitude. I mean, it can really erode support for good people, for people that are that have a past, right? Who have have ma- maybe even possibly made mistakes, right. even owning up to that, or um, or you know, or or just having a having a a record that you stand by uh that some people don't like i mean you're going to do that in leadership there's there's and, and yeah exactly. so so as a voter you have to weigh like what overall good and what what the larger position and the influence they'll have um means in each in each moment and an opportunity you get in the voter booth or behind, you know, well, the thing filling is, in your bubble. Yeah, you know, when when it comes down to a candidate, you know, if 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 you want your party to prevail, you need to accept that candidate. Now, before that, you know, Eric Adams is a perfect example. Same there thing. were there were so many opportunities to vote for somebody progressive that the Democrats had. They chose not to. In New York City, Democrats chose not to vote for progressive candidates. They voted for Eric Adams. Now, Eric Adams has, has said and done awful things concerning migrants, has, has proven himself to be, uh, you know, um, a hypocrite in many ways. But if he turns out to be a candidate again, do you support him or do you say, no, I don't like what you did, I'm not going to support you, and a Republican winds up mayor of New York City? That's not a good move. Kathy Hochul, you know, for some reason, she, she vetoed the, the Montaquette tribe getting recognition again. You know, do we say, okay, you're out because we disagree with you on this particular issue? Or do we, um, you know, say, okay, whoever it is that's running against you would be so much worse? Uh, Joe Biden, you know, supporting Israel an awful lot at the, um, at the cost of many, many lives in, 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 in Palestine. Uh, do we kick you out because of that and get Trump instead? 
No, that's a bad idea. And if, if, if you know, you believe in that kind of stuff, we're doomed, <laughs> you know, because you're going to wind up with the worser of the evils, even though it's painful, even though it's painful to vote for somebody who has done things and said things that you vehemently disagree with. You have to consider the alternative. And we don't do that enough. Well, and voting on a single issue, I think, is wrong. Even an important issue like that, yes, I agree. A messed up record on a lot of different issues, they're probably that that says what it that says all you need to know about them. And and you shouldn't just I think judge the entirety of someone's career based on something that you disagree with or you you would have handled differently. Hey, I want to read a story here uh, in the time we have left. And by the way, uh, listening to Off the Wall, you can write to us, otw at 2600.com. That's 2600.com. And you can also, as we mentioned, hear all of our shows from when it began back in 2003, believe it or not. Um, this is all about the Florida abortion amendment. They got enough signatures for the 2024 ballot. Good news, right, Kyle? Um, I gather, no, it's yeah. foolish of you to Why? say that because uh, it's well, it, it, it's it's kind of good news. But uh, well, listen to this: um, backers of a proposed constitutional amendment that would undo Florida's restrictive abortion laws have surpassed the required number of petition signatures to get on the 2024 ballot. So they got what they needed. Now, um, Floridian uh, protecting Floridians protecting freedom still faces the hurdle of state Supreme Court approval. So even though they got all the signatures, the state Supreme Court still has to weigh in. Attorney General Ashley Moody has asked the Florida High Court to disqualify the amendment from the ballot, saying the language could mislead voters. The proposal would amend the state's constitution to explicitly protect abortion access until viability, which is estimated to be around 24 weeks, and it would undo the state's current 15-week abortion ban and negate a six-week ban that lawmakers approved to take effect pending the outcome of an ongoing Florida Supreme Court case. Now, the Florida group needed 891,523, for some reason, verified petitions to make it on the ballot. And as of um, uh, two Fridays ago, they were passed 910,000. Um, and um, more than 63,000 of those petitions um, came from, well, it doesn't matter where they came from, just parts of, uh, of Florida, uh, but the fact that they launched their campaign eight months ago and already reached the petition goal uh, speaks to the unprecedented support and momentum there is to get politicians out of our private lives and health care decisions. That's according to Floridians Protecting Freedom Campaign Director Lauren Branzel. Uh, most initiative campaigns never make it this far. The ones that do usually spend far more or take much longer to qualify, which is why we're so confident that voters will approve our amendment once they're given a chance to vote, which the Florida Supreme Court may take away from them. Now, um, since the U.S. Supreme Court uh, overturned Roe v. Wade, seven states have had ballot measures related to abortion. In each case, each case, voters have supported more abortion access or denied further restrictions. Now, uh, the fact that this is um, happening in Florida, uh, well, it's um, it's a mixed bag, because you have the the the, um, the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court, that could just say no, you're not allowed to have this particular um, uh, vote in November. Uh, but there's also the fact that if the amendment even makes it onto the ballot, it needs at least sixty percent to win. So. 
majority, no, the majority doesn't get it. It's got to be 60% because the right-wing Florida legislature or, or, or Senate or whatever um, made that a rule, that it has to be 60%. So you have all these roadblocks and obstacles even after you have shown tremendous support. They they raise the bar higher so that you have to show even more support, or they make it so that some unelected group of people can just take the right away from you in the first place. It's not really democracy. Certainly isn't. Yeah, the the tools and and machinations here shouldn't be t- uh, interrupted and mess messed around with that uh-huh. way. Yeah, and um, February seventh is um, when oral arguments uh, in front of the conservative Florida Supreme Court will be held. Um, Now, um, the state is saying that um, use of the word viability might confuse people. (laughs) It could have multiple meanings. I think it's pretty clear. I think it's pretty clear. Um, But we'll be watching that story for sure. So, So crazy. Yeah. So, you know, we, we tell ourselves we live in a democracy. We tell ourselves everything is fair. It's really, you know, it's not necessarily that fair. I'm really keen to be uh, aware of the stories I tell myself, and the stories we collectively tell ourselves. And are they really, these myths, the mythology around uh, things, are they really Are they really what, what we think they are? Mm-hmm. Uh, and are, are they what they ought to be? Yeah. Usually, no and no, I would, I would say, usually. But we're always open to uh, be proven wrong. Okay, this story came out today. Uh, actually, it's, it's been talked about over the last couple of weeks. There's a new 1,100-page uh, U.S. Federal Highway Administration manual uh, that includes a proposed ban on humorous, obscure, and popular cultural references on electronic road signs, saying... Non-standard syntax may be misunderstood and create hazards for the drivers those signs are designed to protect. Um, yeah, what are we talking about here? Um, well, there's one sign I'm seeing a picture of here. Stay off the naughty list. Obey speed limit. I guess I could confuse people. Um, there's, um, okay, Massachusetts. Uh, use ya blinka, <laughs> meaning use your blinker in a Boston accent. Uh, or visiting in-laws, slow down, get there late. That's in Ohio. Or uh, Hocus Pocus, drive with focus in New Jersey. Uh, what's funny about that? I don't get what's funny about that one. Um, the 11th edition of the Manual on Uniform Traffic Control Devices for Streets and Highways, which, by the way, is a must-read. Get the hardcover. Uh, they features an array of new safety guidelines uh, proposed by the FHWA and the U.S. Department of Transportation, all intended... Uh, the executive summary in the manual said to securing a future without serious roadway injuries or fatalities. I don't know. I, I, I've never seen one of these signs. Have you, Kyle? Uh, one form or another. They're programmable, and I think there is a, there's certainly um, merit and value to having that local flair, mm-hmm. but having it be too wordy and require too much attention. Like if if it requires uh, a whole lot of of time and is a distraction itself, then maybe it isn't such a good idea. But I'm sure there could be. Look, 
if there is that road standard book with all of the details and specifications, perhaps they could write guidelines for how to um, stay uh, um, brief, yeah, but um, add a little bit and. It, and it, it it is uh you know humorous it keeps people it, it might add uh cheer to an otherwise um odd space well you know I, in a way i almost take their side here because you know i see a bad joke and i kind of roll my eyes and if i'm driving and i roll my eyes that's a hazard you know that's that, that's not necessarily a good thing um you know who is it for especially if you see it all the time like do you remember coming off the williamsburg bridge you'd be entering brooklyn i think i think it was there and um, you'd see a green sign, you know, permanent sign, entering Brooklyn. Forget about it, you know, something like that. <laughs> it's like, okay, I have to see this every time I make that drive. It's, you know, it's it's no longer funny. And then when somebody actually says that, I also don't feel it's funny. All um, right, all right. Just tell me I'm entering Brooklyn. You know, that's all yeah. I need to know. You're 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 a highway. Maybe this is a good. This not, is not good. A, not a stand-up comedian. They're, they're getting too cute. Too cute, yes, thank you. I don't, yeah. you know, forced cuteness is, is never a problem. Stop thing. No. being so cute. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the manual, which uh, was released this week, FHWA said, those messages with obscure meaning, references to popular culture that are intended to be humorous or otherwise use non-standard syntax for a traffic control device, shouldn't be displayed because they can be misunderstood or understood only by a limited segment of road users and therefore degrade the overall effectiveness of the sign as an official traffic control device. Well, they said it in a very uncool way, but I think basically the gist is, you know, you're on the highway, take it seriously. And that goes for the people running the highway and driving the cars. Yeah. And if you're listening now, again, be careful because it's getting slippery out there. Yeah. All right. Keep it simple. And that brings us right back to where we started, and we've... Um, We've completely looped. We are in a Pink Floyd album, aren't we? We've just completely looped, and we're going to start from the beginning again. Um, OTW at 2600 is our email address for complaints and um, suggestions on how we can communicate better and say different things. And I guess um, we will be back next week, and that's just the way it is, right? Yeah, it's radio, people. Radio. Keep listening to the radio, though, because radio is awfully cool. Have you heard? It's alive. It is. It certainly is. See you next week. Bye.
I may come to you, I may want a man to go home with me tonight. Yeah. 